to make a rich, smooth cold brew. Tim Horton steeps 100% Arabica beans for 16 hours. What could be richer than that? Well, uh... How about blending in swirls of sweet Irish cream? Rich enough? Ooh, I guess. Not quite, because Tim Hortons tops that cold brew with the cloud of sweet cold foam. Now, what could be richer than that? Nothing? Exactly. Irish cream cold brew with cold foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try cold foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, curious minds out there in our ever-expanding radio land. Welcome to CC with BB. Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. That's me. This is the only radio show in the world dedicated to the study of coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We are coming to you through the X-Zone Broadcast Network located in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and broadcasting all over the world. What is the relationship between mind and brain? Does brain produce consciousness or does the greater consciousness produce the brain? How do mind and brain interact with each other? I'm a psychiatrist. I study this question in my office. I help people with medications and psychotherapy. I work in both brain and mind. You need your mind to recognize a coincidence and your brain to talk about it. Coincidences are like messages in a bottle. The message can be about you and the message can be about where the bottle and message came from, that sea of possibilities out there. Coincidence sometimes points us toward previously unrecognized causal connections. They teach us about hidden potentials within us like telepathy and human GPS, our ability to get places we need to go without knowing how we got there. They tell us about other intelligences that may be influencing our lives, and they sometimes trick us. The phrase connecting with coincidence is my coincidence brand. It is the name of my book, my Psychology Today blog, my website, and my social media sites. To find any and all of them, please put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine. Would you like to know how sensitive you are to coincidences? Take the Weird Coincidence survey on my website. Coincidence stories suggest that each of us is part of an intricate web of emotions and ideas that exists both inside and outside our bodies. Our participation in this matrix of feelings depends on our time together and the degree of shared emotions. I call this web the psychosphere. The psychosphere is something like our atmosphere, around us and in dynamic flux with us. We breathe in oxygen, nitrogen, and water vapors, and we breathe out carbon dioxide, nitrogen, and more water vapors. We receive energy information from the psychosphere and release energy information into the psychosphere. Our thoughts and emotions contribute to the psychosphere, and our thoughts and emotions are influenced by it. The plants and animals surrounding us give give it to the psychosphere and take from it. The technologies we invent reshape it and are products of it. We are in dynamic relationship with it. And that means the internet, that technological monster we are all becoming more and more part of. The accumulating billions of internet clicks are providing a scaffolding for energy information exchanges, increasing the likelihood of what were once thought to be rare coincidences like telepathy and nature-human interactions. The Internet is our creation. Our species is responsible for its existence, deeply involved in its use and capable of directing its growth. And we are also responsible for the future of the psychosphere. 
we may not be the only minds influencing its development. Our guest today is Maureen St. Germain, who will take us into the fifth dimension. In my view, we live in five dimensions, length, width, height, time, and mind. We will learn how Maureen conceptualizes the fifth dimension. Maureen St. Germain is a practical mystic. She serves as a messenger for ascended masters and the angelic realm. She practices the Merkaba, as I am beginning to learn to do. She teaches the Akashic Records through her own higher self, which she considers essential for fastest heart-centered personal involvement to your 5D expression. She is the author of several books, including Beyond the Flower of Life, Be a Genie, and Reweaving the Fabric of Your Reality, along with dozens of guided meditation CDs. She also has recorded and produced a DVD on how to learn the Merkaba. Her books and CDs have been translated into Russian, Italian, and Chinese. Since 1994, she has traveled and taught meditation and sacred geometry and manifestation. Welcome to the program, Maureen. Delight to have you here. Likewise, likewise. Can you hear me okay? I uh, hear you just fine. Um, Excellent. And we're gonna. This this part of the segment will be uh, will be closed in just a minute. Um, but I'm. I want you to know that I am. I am learning the Merkaba and meditating with it. Um, uh, Metatron. I have a Metatron book that uh, is guiding me in being able to do it. So I personally am particularly interested in uh, how you think about it and how you got involved with uh, Merkaba and its teachings. Sounds good. I also have an amazing uh, coincidence story that I haven't told you about yet. Uh, Give us a little hint, and then we're going to end this segment. Give us a little preamble. Uh, Never mind. Yeah, it's (laughs) way too involved. Sorry about that. That was my time slot. I I was good enough, and we're going to be back after a short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to CC with BB, Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, the only radio show in the world focusing on coincidences. And our guest today is Maureen St. Germain, who will tell us an outstanding coincidence. Okay. So the story begins with the fact that I do check in with my higher self, and I consider that guidance 100% accurate. So when my husband and I made a plan to travel from San Diego to Los Angeles for the day to attend a museum... I always check in. And then later, 
my husband said, you know, we don't have to be there till later for the concert of your friend. Why don't we go to the new Broad Museum that is just opening? It's only been open a few weeks. And I said, well, let me check it. And my higher self said, yes. Now, I will tell you personally, I did not want to add another event to our already big day of driving to L.A. and back. But my guidance was clear. So we got up early and we were at the museum an hour before it opened to get a good place in line to get in. The line for the free entry was probably already had 200 people. The line for the paid entry to get into the special exhibit had like one person. And then there was another longer line of all the people who had bought tickets six months ago before the museum opened. As soon as we get in line, my husband looks at me and says, I'm going for coffee and disappears. Uh, 15 or 20 minutes later, a woman walks up and says, I've got a couple of tickets, extra tickets for the early entry. Uh, does anybody want them? And I'm looking around and I've already made friends with everybody in line and nobody speaks up. And so I said, I'll take them. And she says, oh, well, it's for two people. And I said, well, I am two people. My husband just went for coffee. She said, well, you need to come back and stand in line with my family. And I had already seen where she had come from, which was uh, much further back. But because she had early entry, it wouldn't make any difference. So I said, okay, I'll do it. And I told my new friends, tell my husband when he comes back where I'm at. So off we go. And then as soon as we get in line, we stand there for a few minutes. And uh, I say, well, I better go check and see if my husband's back and he's not back. And then when I come back the second time, she says, the woman who gave me the spot says to me, I'm going to go check on something at the front of the line. Uh, here, you hold the tickets because if we get separated, you'll need this to get in. So now I'm holding her paper ticket that she's printed off the Internet, and it has the name Regelsberger, a very interesting long German name. And I looked at the man who was with her, and I said, you know, I used to know a family named Regelsberger, but they're from Ohio. And he said, well, we're from Ohio. And without skipping a beat, the older woman who was standing next to him looked at me and said, are you Maureen? <laughs> this woman was my mother's best friend when I was growing up. The last time I had seen her was at my first wedding 40 years earlier. Beautiful. Isn't that cool? Yes. Uh, and I, it gets I... better because now I've hired her granddaughter to work for me in New York. Oh, wow. That I, I somebody told me one uh, something like that, and it was in Ohio <laughs> that this was <laughs> the place. Um, and I, I was trying to get the story back, and it's complicated why I didn't, but um, that running into somebody who knew your mother um, th thing and was at your wedding, um, that that one, I, that, I, I've heard that one before. I heard, heard it on uh, jury duty where the, something similar happened. Uh, they did something like just what you talked about. When you think about... Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. That, Maureen. Uh, all right. Before I ask you that question about explanation, uh, when you check into your higher self, could you tell us uh, what you do when you do that? <clears throat> yes. This is a technique that I teach people. And I take people through a guided meditation where we actually ask the higher self to, to move into the heart once the higher self is moved into the heart and we've opened up that connection, then we ask the higher self to give us a symbol or signal that stands for yes and no and neutral. And 95% of the people that I work with get a signal right away. They get a color, they get a shape, they get a, a figure like one woman got a thumbs up for yes and thumbs down for no. 
Other times people get body sensations. Um, their stomach feels funny for no, or they feel a, a very a strong sensation on one side of the body or the other. Um, a story about a woman who had an itchy ear, didn't like it, and complained. And so then her toes started to itch. No, I'm waiting for my signal. And so then her whole body starts to itch. And then she realizes, oh, yeah, that's my signal. Better take it what I get. So it could be something unusual. It could be something that doesn't match, you know, an itchy ear and then a pit in your stomach. But what happens is then you have to practice that for 45 days. And you practice it by being playful and only asking unimportant questions. So for 45 days, you're allowed to ask about stuff you're willing to do, whether it's, you know, put on certain jewelry, take a certain route, whatever. If you care about the answer, you're not allowed to ask. You're not allowed to ask predictive questions, and you're only allowed to ask yes, no. This is a real narrow focus. And you're not allowed to use any other divination tools, no pendulum, no muscle testing, none of it. It's all off limits for the six weeks. At the end of the six weeks, you have a connection that you can recognize even in a difficult situation. And that's the whole point. People second guess their guidance and blow it off or discount it. And lots of times people don't pay attention to it. So by paying attention to it and always responding in a proactive way, you gain that legitimacy with your consciousness. And then that connection becomes 100% clear and 100% accurate. So we just check in. And th- th- please go through the, the beginning part of that where uh, you invite your higher self into your heart. I'd be happy to take people through the meditation. you want to do that right now? Um, take about two minutes. Go ahead. Okay. So if you're in a spot where you can do this, don't do this while you're driving or operating machinery. But if you can, sit quietly, close your eyes, and think of something you love, a pet or an infant. And you say to this little one, I love you three times. Just say that in your thoughts. And your heart will start to expand. If you're sensitive, you'll actually feel it in your chest. Yeah. Now we take that energy and we send it up the spinal column, up the pranic tube energy, past the throat chakra, the third eye, the crown chakra. We keep going all the way up to the eighth chakra where the higher self portal is. And we invite the higher self to join us in our heart, which is the lowest place the higher self can be while we are in our 3D bodies. So we've invited the higher self in and we ask the higher self now, higher self, we want to improve the connection between me and my higher self. I want to be able to hear your responses to my questions and I'm going to practice with you for six weeks. To that end, I would like my signal for yes. So what does yes look like, feel like, sound like, smell like, taste like? Give me my signal for yes. Higher self, give me my signal for no. Higher self, give me my signal for neutral. Now, we thank the higher self for providing us with this experience, and we will begin to practice from now until six weeks from now. And no matter whether you're hearing the show live or you're hearing a recording of it, look to the future and name that date right now. That's very important. So as you name the date, write it down in in a piece of paper or something, or just put it forward. And let's say that future date is, you know, some special day in your life, uh, your birthday, let's say. Then you say to yourself, okay, from now until my birthday... I am going to ask unimportant, insignificant questions of my higher self. And I will always act on it. So if I ask my higher self whether I should wear the red shoes or the blue shoes, and my higher self said, wear the blue shoes, then I wear the blue shoes. And the questions are always yes, no. So higher self, do I wear red? No. Higher self, do I wear the blue shoes? Yes. Like that. 
So it's always using the word higher self, always asking the question as a yes, no question. And there's seven protocols to this process. So in other words, yes, no questions is one of them. The six weeks practice is one of them. Um, no open-ended questions is one of them. No important questions is one of them and no divination tools. So what happens is when you follow that set of protocols for six weeks, you will get a hundred percent accuracy. So that's what I mean when I say I check in with my higher self. Very good. Very good. Thanks for the beautiful explanation. Uh, and now how, uh, how do you explain in, in the, uh, this wonderful coincidence of yours in the line in the museum? Well, because I'm so plugged into the universe, I'm quite certain that when I asked, even though I knew I didn't want to add all that extra time of getting up super early on a Sunday morning, you know, at the ego level, I certainly wasn't interested in doing that. But because my husband asked if we could do it, Rather than tell him, I don't want to do that, I just said, well, let me check in. I'm thinking maybe my higher self will tell him no, because I wasn't particularly interested in my husband as a suitor. And my higher self kept telling me to allow him in. So he knows that I'll follow my higher self no matter what, even if it means marrying somebody that I wasn't 100% sure of, which is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> it also works you know, in my favor when, when he doesn't like what he's getting as a response and I'll just laugh and say, you of all people, I wouldn't even be with you if it weren't for my higher self. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> I don't, ha I guess the answer is um, because I'm so plugged in, Universe looked at that and said, this is a great idea. She'll be able to connect with her mother's friend. And my mother's still friends with this lady. And this lady was at our house the whole time I was a teenager and growing up. So um, pretty impressive that she uh, recognized me out of six kids that my parents had. You know, I wasn't just like an only child that she remembered her, her best friend's daughter. I was one of six kids. So, and oh, by the way, she had six kids of her own, you know. I mean, they had these ladies, two, two ladies had a lot in common and were uh, good friends. So, and they still are, by the way. The treat, my mother does not use a, a, a smartphone, but my sister who lives near her does. And I sent my sister a picture of me and Pat at the museum. I figured that would make a much bigger point and be a lot more fun than just telling the story. Oh yeah. Picture there is a worth a thousand words. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the connection is that because I'm connected to uh, the universe in a loving heartfelt way, I get loving heartfelt opportunities all the time, all the time, all the time. And that's a loving, heartfelt opportunity for sure. Mm -hmm. And as you, and I will, as I will say, say that the instructions that I gave, um, also, if you're looking for more detail, can be found in the book Beyond the Flower of Life. Be, say that again, please. The beyond book is beyond the flower of life. Beyond the flower of light. Life. Uh, of life. Yes, it's related to the Merkaba work, the meditation work. Yeah, when you were talking about opening your heart, um, I was thinking of going, that you might go from through the golden cord from the heart to uh, the third eye. Uh, but you went up through uh, the, the spinal column. Um, and and we, then the pranic tube, right. I put people in the spinal column because I wasn't sure if your listeners would know the pranic tube. So I started okay. with that. We've come to the end of this segment, and we will be back with Maureen St. Germain in just a little while. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Welcome back to CC with BB. Our guest today is Maureen St. Germain, and we are about to enter the fifth dimension. Maureen, could you talk about how um, synchronicities and the fifth dimension are related and tell us about what the fifth dimension is, please? Um, the fifth dimension for me uh, is best explained by saying that I see 3D as a projection from other dimensions, and it represents what we observe as physicality. Fourth dimension is the realm of emotion where the energies still contain polarity and energies are, uh, of emotion are amplified. And then fifth dimension is the realm where most churches teach us is heaven. And it is the version of yourself that is plugged in enough to the divine to know who you are. It is the realm where there is no need for polarity, and it is a realm of action and bliss. So you, when you first, I'll use the phraseology, when you first get to heaven, all you want to do is relax and enjoy. But then once you've been relaxing for a while, you're ready to do something. And that's then the expanded, expanding version of fifth dimension. So fifth dimension is the combination of the human who is going to become divine, like the Buddha, like Christ, like Krishna, and embody their divine signature within the physical body. And I believe that's where all of humanity is going, by the way. Uh, we better be, and I hope so, and it looks like it. Um, <laughs> that's well said. <laughs> Thank you. How do, how do Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232. Does the fifth dimension uh, relate to um, higher self? As a mystic, um, what I have been guided to know is that your fifth dimensional self and your higher self are the same. So when you yeah. invite your higher self in, you're actually inviting the version of you that has this level of mastery that you're, we are aspiring to. Okay, that's what I that's what I thought. Uh, I have a friend who is, um, I, with whom I think I can be with in her higher self and my higher self around the same time. Uh, and it's a wonderful experience. And as she says, we should be relating to each other like this. More more people should be relating higher self to higher self. Indeed. As, I, 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 one of the things that I'd like you to comment about is uh, interpersonal relationships. I'm a psychiatrist. I do psychotherapy. And I study relationships. A lot of people are studying relationships, not just me, um, not just within the profession. But I see um, a, a, a lot of some people, read about some people, experienced people who may be developed spiritually but are not very well developed interpersonally and psychologically. Uh, they need to be going together, I, I think. Uh, do you see that kind of discordance yourself? Yes, and I have labeled it survival psychic because I believe those people have activated their higher chakras out of a need to survive and that they have walls around their heart, which is why they're unable or unwilling to develop the personality and integrate uh, higher emotional values. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you just put words on what I've, I've observed. It's because these are people that have been traumatized a lot. 
and exactly. flipped up, flipped up into higher and gotten to tuned into all kinds of stuff out there, but they're afraid to be with people. Yes, and I will tell you that as again as a mystic, what I have come to know is that when I first encountered these people, I was mystified as you. Yeah. Yeah. And then as I asked for guidance on what was going on and what had happened, the exact uh, identification came as you have given. And what I have learned is the way that person becomes healed is to do heart work. So, for example, I have an exercise in the same book, Beyond the Flower of Life, called the I Love You exercise. And it is a deliberate process, and it's, there's three steps to it. The first step is you write all the I love you statements of the people in your life that love you, that, that you feel good about, and their relationship is normal and healthy and happy. And then you write I love you statements from all the people that didn't that loved you imperfectly. That would be the parental units or whoever was your caretaker as a child and their conditional love. And you rewrite it, and you follow this formula. And the formula goes like this. In the past, or I used to, one of, the, one of those two phrases, and then you say, I uh, was critical of how you did your homework, let's say. So it would go, in the past, I was critical of how you did your homework. But, great takeaway, today I can see you are a brilliant uh, thinker, uh, a wonderful executive, and I am so proud of you. Now, here's what happens. Everyone has an internal BS meter or an internal gatekeeper. And we all have heard this, that if all you heard was criticism as a child, that's the only thing your mind recognizes as value or real. So what we're doing is we're recognizing the phraseology in the past. I used to say these horrible things to you. That gets you past the gatekeeper, the front desk, if you will. And then once you're behind that gatekeeper, then you plant the butt word and you reframe it the way it sh you want it to be, the way you would have preferred they say to you. That's the first step. The second step is you record it in your own voice and play it back. And the third step is you do that every day, at least once a day, twice a day, preferable, for 45 days. Because 45 days gives you new DNA. And it is that point that your body shifts and gives yourself a new reframe. Very good. Very good. Um, and relating synchronicities to the 5D, you've kind of already talked about it, but just get a little more firm about it, please. Um, I think that synchronicities will be the norm, you know, Freud said it was simultaneity and meaning that gives value to synchronicity. And I think that... You mean Jung, I think. Jung, excuse me. I love um, that you mix them up. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to hear well, Freud's... Hey, we can do that exercise with Freud. We can, you used to say <laughs> that that was stupid. Now you're saying, but now you're saying... Exactly. Well done. <laughs> yes, really. So, so um, if this is the new normal, that means we will be attracted to the, this type of experience more often, which will give us more joy. And then when we get more joy, we'll get more of those experiences. So it's, it's a self-repeating, self-producing uh, kind of set of experiences. So I believe at fifth dimension, I also believe at fifth dimension that there's plenty of choice. Even though uh, we say there's no polarity at fifth dimension, it doesn't mean there isn't choice. Um, and the way I explain that is, you know, there are many colors. Um, we're not sticking with black and white anymore. And as long as it's, it's uh, a color, it doesn't matter. It could be white or any of the colors. It could even be the absence of a color, but it's not likely because... The fifth dimension is so filled with love that there's always love to fill the void. Uh, 
What you're implying is that uh, synchronicities or meaningful coincidences are always positive. There, they are not. Um, uh, I have too many experiences, and part of what I'm trying to do is get people to be more discriminating about uh, how they look at experience and decide about uh, meaningful coincidences. What Very do you think? Interesting. There are. Uh, they deceive us sometimes. I like to say that uh, coincidences provide us opportunities, but we decide how to use them. Absolutely. But, you know, it's interesting you say that they are negative as well. Yes. Apparently not in my world. You have to educate me. Yeah, not in your world. You've gotten to a place where it, it's uh, it's a lot of flowers and uh, happy and love um, by being in the fifth dimension. Um, there are uh, several different kinds of um, deceptive ones. Some are, are consciously construed by people uh, to create what looks like a coincidence to fool somebody else. But we didn't need to talk about those. Oh, There's sure. W- you mean, you know, like rip-off artists. Like rip-off artists, yes, just to start mm-hmm. off with. But the person on the other end of that doesn't know it. It looks like a great opportunity. So it requires discrimination mm. of those. And that's that's a simple one to talk about. Um, there are others that I call false promise coincidences. They look like they're promising something uh, and it doesn't deliver. Uh, that doesn't mean there isn't something to be got to be some good to be gotten from it, but the initial excitement, the positive, oh, the universe is looking out for me, isn't doesn't pan out the way the person thought it looked to be. But I don't. I wouldn't even label those a synchronicity. I mean, if somebody gives me a promise and they don't fulfill, how does that fit into synchronicity? Well, what I'm meaning is a, a simple example of a man uh, sitting on an airplane going for a, a job interview, happens to sit down with the boss of the guy he's about to be interviewed by. Okay. And they have a great connection. And things look like they're right, because here he met the right guy who's the boss of the guy who's going to be interviewing him. He goes for the interview and doesn't get the job. So that coincidence of meeting somebody on an airplane was very positive for him and looked like a positive future. But... <sighs> You're overlooking the entire possibility that he might get an even better job and all he needed to do was make that connection now because sometime in the future he is going to connect with that company. And I have seen that happen where people think it's going to work this way and it doesn't. A few years go by, time goes by, and suddenly they're doubling back and they are connected with that person. That requires um, getting a future uh, history. I mean, being able to figure out what the future is going to bring. And one of the troubles with uh, a lot of the coincidence uh, analyses is that they are looked at temporally, just now, to see what's exactly. going on. Exactly. I agree which, with you. Which is mostly the way we do it. Um, but then there are those that take some time to unfold. I've had some bad things happen through coincidences that after a while really turned out to be a good thing. But in the moment or even the months of some of these bad ones, uh, it looks like a, what was supposed to be what turned out to be pretty terrible. It's, it's, it, the, the judgment here uh, in our emotional fourth dimension is black or white, uh, and it looks bad now. So usually people don't take the temporal perspective that you just described, and you don't know whether you're going to get caught up in that company or because you didn't get the job, you really got a better one. You don't know that at the moment. At the moment, it looks promising. But to me, to me, that's yes. sufficient. That is sufficient to give me joy, even if it doesn't go any further. How cool to have that opportunity. And and that in itself should be able to stand alone, not because I'm going to get something, but because I met this guy who's also related to the person I'm going to interview with. And And there's another piece here that is very interesting to me that, again, points to this fifth dimensional stuff. And that is when you're when you hold your energy in 5D, when stuff happens that you can't figure out that looks bad, I tend to qualify it and say, well, the universe must know something I don't. That's really a good position to take. Uh, we are hmm. come to the end of this segment, and we will be back after a short break.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to CC with VB, the only radio show in the world focused on coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. Our guest is Maureen St. Germain, who has some sophisticated views of how we should think about coincidences and synchronicities. Uh, Maureen, that, your description uh, in the last segment about how to think about it, just in the enjoyment of what turns out to be not what you think it's going to be in the moment, is the best way to do it. There's another version of this that you're also implying. Let's see what happens. But that one is a tougher one to hold on to. It That's more of a scientist perspective than personal. But people should do that one, too, as I have. But the th- just just talking to to people who aren't thinking about these things the way you and I are thinking, it's in that moment to be able to reframe it in a way that's positive for now, and then let's see what happens. Indeed. And, you know, it's interesting because as we discuss this, I'm reminded of a principle that I teach people called the divinity test. And the divinity test is when you believe in yourself as much as God does. And whatever your version of God is, doesn't matter. But to contemplate the possibility that you are held in the high regard, and all you have to do is step up to that. And the divinity test is when it looks like you're going to fail or you're full of fear about failure, and then something happens to flip that switch. And I'd like to tell a synchronicity story around that, if I may. It's short. Please. Um, I was at my very first speaking engagement after manifesting an opportunity to speak before a a big convention crowd. I was one of the side speakers and I had manifested, uh, you know, over a hundred people in the room, standing room only people kept coming in and no one left the following year. I had had a lot of trauma in my family and a lot of uh, stuff that was going on medically for a family member. And I was otherwise occupied. And as I'm at the convention to present again, a similar presentation, I am very self-conscious about the fact that I haven't done good prep work. And I'm feeling very uh, worried that I'm not going to produce the outcome that I want. So every chance I get, I'm studying now because now I'm not with my family and I'm not having to hold that problem. I get on this shuttle bus that takes you to all the hotels where before it finally takes you to the convention center. And I've spread out, you know, I'm still studying. And then I look up and I realize the bus is filled up and I'm hoarding my seat. So, of course, I gather everything up and I push everything into my briefcase. No one sits down next to me. We make one more stop. A woman gets on the bus, inches her way back to me, past all the people that are standing on the bus, looks at me and says, can I sit down? And I say, of course. And she looks at me and she said, I know you. Yeah. I was at your event last year. You changed uh, my life. Beautiful. Hmm. 
So I quit worrying. <laughs> <laughs> and you had standing room only again? I did. <laughs> Double the attendance. Oh, wow. Well, you're, you're a very clear thinker and a very clear speaker. I can see how that can happen. Thank you. Uh, how, how do you, how do you, what do, why do you think serendipity is so important in the world today? I think it gives people hope. I think it gives people hope in spite of the fear that's being broadcast to people right and left. I think hope in this type of uh, environment gives people the ability to know for certain that there is a possibility for something better than what they're seeing around them. People are bombarded with uh, things to be afraid of all around them. Yes. So. And how, how, how does, how do coincidences help people do that? Well, I think the first thing that happens is when you have a coincidence, you're filled with joy because this it's as much as it is like hearing a good joke. It's completely by surprise. It feels completely random. And at the same time, it feels like, this can't be random. It must mean that something that I'm special, they're special, this is special. And that makes people feel better about themselves and about their situation and their circumstances. Yeah, one of the one of the problems that happen with coincidences, um, people feel experience a lot of them, they start to think of themselves as too special. And well, I two- think that that's relative. You know, I mean, we all go through what I will say. Um, hopefully we all go through what I will say is like ego identification where you don't realize that you're not the center of everyone else's universe. You're only the center of your own universe. And that's like, oh, you know, and some people are slower at getting it than others. And some people, you know, vacillate in and out of it, you know, um, there are times that, you know, and I think, you know, people who are very, very focused and certainly the male gender tends to be very narrow focused. And so they're less uh, they're so narrow focused that they don't see the broad picture as much as women do. So they're less likely to capture that those moments of joy unless they have those synchronicities that make them identify and getting back to being special what happens is you have something happen in your life that makes you realize or hopefully makes you realize that life is about us, not just about me. How do you think that happens, the switch from us to us? Well, I think think people have experiences that are opportunities to step up or not. Yeah. You know, and sometimes people don't make it and then they get another one. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I've, I've always been of the mindset that, you know, if, if I don't get it when it hits me the first time, I am going to get, <laughs> you know, another opportunity. I'd rather take it the first time. But sometimes we're not ready. You know, it's like some people don't pass the bar the first time, you know, or they don't, they don't, uh, you know, and this goes back to the higher self, because I will tell you, there have been moments in my life when something happened, people behaved badly or I thought they were behaving badly. And I wanted to, I'll say, lash out or, or, or say something, uh, you know, to make me feel better. But I would always check in. And sometimes my higher self would say, don't do that. And I wouldn't. And later I would see why. So there's another benefit of always checking in with your inner wisdom. Because sometimes when you think you're right, even if you are right, there may be other circumstances that you're like being too powerful. You know, I talk about the use of power a lot because, you know, everyone has power. You have power over the gas station attendant. We have power over the receptionist at uh, maybe the doctor's office, at least for a few moments. And when we treat people with a lot of respect, we get a lot back. And that's something we have to learn because we don't always know that. No, we don't always know that. Um, um, I, I, your comments about men um, are, I think, are correct. Uh, just generally speaking, of course, they're broad generalizations and women. But your comments about 
checking in with the higher self relate to just a, a more basic a basic psychotherapeutic uh, technique uh, or idea really is to stop and think rather than react you respond so you take a moment to think about what you're about to do rather than reacting and the higher the when i'm talking to people about doing that it's not I don't invoke a higher self necessarily because the first step is to stop and see what else comes in. You you invoke the higher self, but the key process is stopping to not behave, not act, but stopping to wonder whether you should act and how you should act. Well, that's a good point. But I would say to you as a woman, there are times that I am so filled with emotion, with passion, that I don't really care what I'm what the thinking process is, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling so much emotion that I want to respond from an emotional vantage point. And it's like, it's like, you know, it's like a fire in a belly. You, yeah. you have this desire that moves through you. And that's a very strong difference in women because women, it's much, much harder for a woman to pull herself out of that emotional yeah. sea yeah. And and that's why I just go right to the higher self because I'm not using my brain at that point. I'm just using my connection. So I, you, I understand you, you, what you're saying, but I do I, it's a pattern. It's a it's a habit. It's a habit. It's yeah. a habit. It's a habit. Yeah. It's a habit. It's a habit. Mm-hmm. And in even without evoking the invoking the higher self, to have the habit to stop and not respond is essential. It's a very good thing for us to be able to do. And that brings to again not necessarily higher self in consciously invoking, but the ability to in to allow one's intuition, which is similar to having the higher self talk to you, uh, in, in let your intuition uh, guide you. And I think that's one of the transformations that needs to be happening in the world today is to be able to allow to let people bypass rationality and tune into what the inner voices can tell them to do and think. I have a mixed mixed response to that because I know a lot of people can be possessed and driven by outside energies that are not theirs. Yes. So I'm very careful. I don't like intuition from that vantage point. And that's why I always teach make that higher self connection because once you make that higher connection then you're safe. You had to have interference. That's right, because those okay. other things can interfere. Well, you're answering a question I've had. I, I've kind of scientifically suggested to people that they test out which voices are the ones to pay attention to and which ones aren't. You bypass that question by going to the higher self. Right. We're coming to the end of our program. Um, you have been a delight to listen to, Maureen. Uh, I'm Thank gonna, you. You're welcome. And the thinking, your thinking is clear, it's advanced, it's sharp. Um, and uh, I, I think our audience will get a great deal out of listening to you. So thank you very much for being on the program. <laughs>